This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 5th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. It's already known that Attorney General Eric Holder has some reservations about the right to keep and bear arms, having supported the D.C. gun ban and other firearms restrictions. Now, in hopes of stemming drug-related violence emerging from Mexico, Holder wants to prohibit so-called assault weapons, or as Cato Institute legal policy analyst David Ritgers calls them, semi-automatic weapons with politically incorrect cosmetic features. Attorney General Holder claims that a uh, a reenactment of a, quote, assault weapons, unquote, ban uh, would stem the violence in Mexico, the war between the the drug cartels and the the government. Uh, And this is is really a completely misguided policy. Uh, He's really worried about people with fully automatic machine guns, rocket-propelled grenades, high explosives, very dangerous devices that are heavily regulated and have been since 1934, and civilians haven't been able to buy new ones since 1986. Uh, And so this whole assault weapons uh, policy is really just a a, a misguided attempt to to get at uh, already regulated devices. Uh, And uh, the cartels have access to lots and lots of money because of our prohibitionist policies in the United States. And because of this money, they can get these weapons, uh, whether they whether we have them legal or illegal or not. And uh, they'll have access to the black market to get fully automatic machine guns if they want them. Uh, and another thing worth considering is the fact that uh, in uh, the hills of, of the tribal areas of Pakistan, they make uh, fully automatic AK-47s by hand. The cartels have the resources, and Mexico is a far more industrialized country that if whatever policy we pursued, even if they were to make all guns illegal, which they can't, but if they were to do that, then they could set up a machine shop, uh, go onto the internet, find plans for a machine gun, which you can do, and make their own. It's, they have the money, they have the resources because of the policies that we have here. So this is really a a misguided uh, policy that's not going to achieve what he thinks or says it's going to achieve. And what about the term itself, assault weapons? Right. This term assault weapons is a complete misnomer. Alternately, people have said that it should be uh, uh, semi-automatic firearms with uh, politically incorrect cosmetic features. So – but that doesn't have much of a ring. So you're not going to hear Attorney General Eric Holder saying we need a ban on semi-automatic firearms with politically incorrect cosmetic features. Uh, And the people who are pushing for this realize that these firearms, which are really dumbed down, uh, uh, reduced capability versions of of the heavily regulated automatic weapons uh, that they can't get – uh, they realize that there's a public misconception, and they intentionally use that to push for this policy. Whatever was well known about Eric Holder's preferences regarding the Second Amendment before he came into office, since the Heller decision, uh, you can't really get to all of what he might like to achieve. I would put this as another uh, uh, bad policy choice that comes out of pursuing the drug war. Uh, We've already chipped away significantly at our Fourth Amendment freedoms in pursuit of the war on drugs. Uh, If there is even the the hint or the specter of 
the destruction of evidence. People would flush drugs down the toilet. Then instead of knocking, we send a SWAT team and we use a no-knock warrant. We kick in their door uh, and put them on the floor uh, you know, at gunpoint. Uh, if there's even the specter or hint of any weapons uh, on the premises, then we do the exact same thing. And now that we've created this exception for no-knock warrants for this exigency, uh, SWAT teams just do it anyway. Whether they have a no-knock warrant or not, they just do it anyway. And they've, they've taken uh, what should be an investigative function. Uh, our police forces should be investigating and, and, and getting to the root of real crimes. And instead, because of uh, prohibiting certain inanimate objects and substances that you know they're they're running around uh, and uh, and violating the rights of ordinary citizens routinely. Uh, so this is just another instance where uh, where we're we're going to create uh, the the groundwork for a violation of more of our freedoms because of the war on drugs. And let me tell you what: if you like the war on drugs, you are going to love the war on guns. Because the in terms of searches of persons and homes, uh, the more that we demonize this, uh, the, the more that there can be a clarion call for greater restrictions of individual liberties. Given the scope of the Heller ruling, uh, it's easy to see how we're essentially at the beginning of a long wave of victories on behalf of the right to keep and bear arms. Yes, and we're seeing a developing of a, a circuit split, which is where uh, federal uh, circuit courts of appeal come to different conclusions on the same issue. And uh, this existed in the Heller decision. The Fifth Circuit and the D.C. Circuit had found that there was an individual right to keep and bear arms. Uh, everybody else had not. Uh, well, since then, we've seen uh, the Ninth Circuit uh, just had oral argument on a Second Amendment case. Uh, we're still waiting for the outcome of that. The Chicago gun ban is being challenged. Uh, that's still a pending outcome. And we've seen the Second Circuit in New York uh, deny uh, any finding of an individual right uh, against the states. So uh, the incorporation, uh, the application of provision of the Bill of Rights against the states is still a developing uh, legal uh, movement. Uh, but I think that, uh, that all of the people from both sides of the issue uh, agree that anything that is found to be a restriction on the federal government, will eventually be incorporated against the states. David Ritgers is a legal policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.